What's going on, Bulls Nation? And welcome in to the CHGO Bulls Woo! Podcast. Coming to you live, presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. I'm Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Big Dave right here is on Twitter at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. Mr. Will Gottlieb on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. We are mm-hmm. at CHGO underscore Bulls. Mm-hmm. Hanging out here at our West Loop Studios. Mm. Ugh, the chairs. Feels good. Mm, yeah. So comfy. Nice. You know what feels even better? What's that, Matthew? Knowing that we're about to chat with our guy, Mark hey! Everybody, Mark hey! our fourth member here of CHGO Bulls. Follow him on Twitter at MK Hoops. Oops. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good afternoon, Jets, or good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. well, doing good, doing great. Doing well. So I, I'm excited for this episode because when the Bulls are on off days, we're not doing pre and post, we can kind of talk about whatever we want to talk about, what's on our minds in Bulls Nation. And I asked Mark, I was like, hey, man, it's your one pod for the week. What do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark wants to talk about a lot of interesting things. So we're going to start with Patrick Williams. Then we're going to talk about mm-hmm. AK and Eversley's roster construction. Mm-hmm. And, Ooh. you know, maybe a couple of question marks there, sure. uh, present and moving forward. And then the one that I threw in there is the most recent ESPN future mm-hmm. power rankings that just got dropped earlier this morning. Okay. And where the Bulls fall on that list. So it's mm-hmm. not just this week power rankings, but this season and two seasons out, mm-hmm. the outlook of where is your organization, those power rankings. Very fascinating topic. So we're going to get to all of that right now on a fresh hour-long episode of the CHGO Bulls pod. Um, Mark, P-Dub played 25 minutes in their win over the Wizards after seeing his minutes steadily decrease over the last couple of games. Let's start there. What did you think about Patrick in that win over the Wiz last night? Well, I mean, he looked really good. This is the guy I was kind of expecting and whole. Not expecting, hoping for, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. To me, it was very noticeable the the, the change in his demeanor, the, the change in his de- uh, approach, rather, between the Knicks game and the Wizards games, which you, which you guys spoke about yesterday. And I guess something that I just wanted to get into a little bit more in depth was like, is that something that concerns us or not? Like the fact that he needs to be almost pushed and challenged by Billy, uh, Billy mm-hmm. Donovan to to be that type of player. So that's something I wanted to talk about. It, but also wanted to discuss i guess the the concept around the, the the minutes that patrick williams is receiving and i guess the this battle between the fan bases to you know whether patrick williams should be just given these minutes because he was a former fourth round pick i uh, fourth overall pick he's mm. someone who has potentially a higher ceiling than a you know an io or a javante green or whether he should be earning those minutes so like they're they're two, I guess, talking points amongst the fan base right now, particularly with Pat coming back. Like, naturally, that's what everyone wants to talk about. But I guess, yeah, I just wanted to discuss that with you guys because, like you said, it's, I'm only on the show once a week and um, I have some takes, but I, I thought I'd get yours first on those specific topics mm-hmm. because they're interesting talking points. Yeah, uh, well, I agree with you. I, I really enjoy how Pat looked yesterday. Uh, I thought it said a lot that Billy left him out there in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought that said a lot about how he felt about Patrick because obviously he spoke about him saying, I'm not just going to give him minutes. I'm not just going to hand this to him. And then we see him out there in the fourth quarter, you know, kind of earning it. And you know what I mean? And I think you're right, uh, Mark. I think he's the kind of guy that needs to be challenged. Uh, You can't just say, go out there and do this. I don't think he responds to that. I think he responds to an actual challenge and telling him, yo, I need you to do this right here. And he'll go out there and do that. And one of the reasons I say that is in summer league, 
one of the things I remember them kind of challenging him on was being more vocal, being a leader, you know what I'm saying? Leading the primary ball handler. Correct. And you saw him do all of those things in the summer league. I'll never forget that game where he went in at halftime and snapped on everybody, (laughs) you know what I mean? Went off and went crazy and then came out in that fourth quarter and not only took over, but, you know, hit the game winning shot pretty much. And he's one of those guys they kind of have to do that with. A lot of people don't need a uh, need any prodding. They can just go out there and do their thing like that. Some guys, you know, need, you know, constantly being on you. I think he's one of those guys that you constantly have to be on him and set those challenges up, and he'll knock them down for you, or at least, you know, put forth his best effort to do so. I think he's, he's a quiet guy. He's the kind of person that I think wants to be really prepared and, like, understand what his role is. And so – you know, when he goes out there and just kind of floats around, I think he's he's not really mentally, emotionally prepared to be dominating the way he needs to, whether that's in the role that he played in summer league where he's trying to score 30 points mm. or in the 3 and D, you know, defend the best wing, shoot your corner threes, attack closeouts, get to the rim. And, you know, we saw him respond to a pretty rough showing against the Knicks with a more aggressive showing last night against the Wizards. Um, so that's that's a good step. And I think Billy, one of the best things about him as a coach is that he's able to understand what different guys need in order to learn, in order to hmm. continue to improve and progress. Very true. And so, you know, when he talks about Io and just kind of like lighting a fire under him, kicking him in the ass a little bit, mm-hmm. like he responds to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pat, you know, he likes to take things a little bit, sit on them, figure them out. And uh, I think that can frustrate some outside observers mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, why aren't you mm-hmm. starting to figure this stuff out sooner? But I, and not to say that he's like a slow learner. I right. think he just likes More to... More cerebral. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it takes a little bit longer, but I think, you know, again, five or six games back now, hopefully he'll continue to, to add on to what he has, you know, been building here let me ask you what do you does that mean you look at him more of like a guy that's like a perfectionist then like i've got to have this right before i know how to approach it and try to dominate it that's an interesting way to put it i would say you know i mean without really knowing him it's it's hard to answer that but right right of course he he just seems like the kind of guy who like he really isn't going to step on anybody's toes unless he like is told to do that yeah okay and so when he's going out there and it's like shoot the three and defend your man, like right. that's what he's going to do. He's not necessarily going to, you know, isolate and take a bunch of mid-range jumpers and things like that. Um, so we'll see how that develops. And I think also he's on a team with like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic and all these guys that need a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's still trying to navigate that. Right. Uh, Thomas in the comments said, Pat just needs to rebound and play defense right now. Any offense is a bonus for the rest of this season. And that, that's kind of how I feel too. When you talk about where uh, Pat is in the pecking order of the offensive touches, mm-hmm. trademark, uh, that, like, he's wh- – what are you expecting P-Dub to be putting up 15, 20 points a game? Right. Like, that – okay, can you, can you get on him for the Knicks game when he plays whatever it was, 14 minutes and gets zero, zero shots, shots up? Yeah, yeah, you can say that that's not acceptable. For sure. But anybody expecting him to be a big piece of this offense right now, I, I don't know what you're looking at. And to me, the the disheartening thing was when he was looking lost on the defensive end and when he wasn't, you know, as as Billy framed it, making people feel him, especially on the glass. And then we saw him respond in that kind against the Wizards last night. It's like, okay, 
one thing at a time. Yes. And again, some of these players in the mold of Patrick Williams, and again, it's it's a silly, lazy comp to make, but when you're talking about players like Jimmy Butler, like Kawhi Leonard, who first come into the NBA and are known as defensive stoppers, mm-hmm. who can guard a lot of positions and are known for their defense and were known for their defense in college, it takes time for them to develop the offensive side of their game. And there's there's, there's a certain level of impatience and not you know not that I'm insinuating that that is is what you are, Mark, is impatient. But certainly, plenty of Bulls fans that I'm hearing from these days are impatient about P Dub on the offensive end, not asserting himself enough. When it's like, so he's basically still a rookie because he's missed the entirety of his second season, and it's not what, what do you expect him to be an All Star offensive player overnight? I'm still optimistic that he's going to round out his offensive game, but in the meantime, just make, like like your coach told you, make people feel you out there, especially for this Bulls team that has been so lacking in size and toughness all season long. That's true. And, and real quick before I, before I toss it to you, Mark, the difference with the other two guys you said was Jimmy was allowed to have that time, you know, because he was coming off the bench and a 30th pick. Right. And Kawhi as well. He was the lowest uh, pick right. as well. I think people see that number four. You know what I mean? In front of it as well. And him coming in starting every game, you know what right. I mean? As a rookie, as one of those reasons why his is uh, a little more amped up, Mark. Well, look, I mean, let's just park the offensive side of things because, yeah, I am an impatient Pat Will person, let's say, but um, I'm also a realist at the same time. Like, I, I'm not expecting him to contribute much on this specific team, but given the, the circumstances of the season where he's missed virtually the entire season, like, there's, there should be no expectations for him on offense. So when he does make that aggressive drive and has that and one play like he did against the Wizards yesterday, like that's nice. That's encouraging because you're not necessarily expecting it. But what I am expecting is defense and rebounding. And like that was very evident against the Wizards yesterday, which has been why I go back to the Knicks game. I'm like, well, why can't you do that every game? But like just to give you some some context behind this and just to explain the activity level, like Patrick Williams had three offensive rebounds and four defensive rebounds in 25 minutes against the Wizards. That was very encouraging. In his previous five games, which totaled 81 minutes, he had four offensive rebounds and 10 rebounds, uh, 10 defensive rebounds. So I'm like, why can you do it against the Wizards but not necessarily can't do that aspect of the game every other game, I guess? So like, forget the offensive side of things because I think you're right, Matt. That's completely unfair to, to put on Pat, but it's it's the defense and the rebounding and the activity I want to see, which isn't which isn't consistent right now, which I, fair enough. He's just coming back from injury. He's a young player, all those sorts of things. But why this is an interesting talking point to me is there's six games to go in the season. It seemingly feels like the backup power forward position is the, the lone position that's up for grabs right now in Billy's rotation. Will and I are sort of writing about that at the moment, which will be up on the website tomorrow. But like, I, I guess just an interesting thought exercise for me is like, do you prefer to go to the the higher ceiling guy who is maybe more questionable in terms of the output you're going to get? Or would you be more comfortable going to the more sure thing, like a Javante, for example, who, who may not have that same level of output in terms of that ultimate ceiling, but maybe that consistent baseline that you're going to get um, is going to be more well, consistent. And, and do you guys think that is more important heading into the playoffs? Or do you think in the last six games you should be pouring some minutes into Pat to maybe see if he can be a little bit more consistent than what he's sort of shown since he's been back. I think you have to find a balance uh, on that. You have to find a way to work Pat back in because it seems like he's going to be vital and important in the playoffs for all the reasons you stated, especially the rebounding and the defense. But at the same time, you can't go against what's been working for you, right? And we've seen that with Javante Green all season. 
And we know what Pat did against uh, the Wizards, what Javante Green did as well uh, against yeah. the Washington Wizards was also really, really awesome. Um, just get – just. If you just want to simplify it and just say those two dunks that he had, oh like you can just simplify it right there and say, man, that was really changing how the flow of the game was going on and how important that was and how cool that was uh, for the Bulls. But, you have, yeah, you just have to find that balance, man, because Patrick is going to have to play. You're going to need rebounding. And I think, uh, Mark, for me and what you were saying, the most encouraging thing was the offensive rebounding uh, because that is exactly where the Bulls truly, truly, truly struggle is the offensive rebounding side of things. And for him to actually get those and actually to get a key one in the fourth quarter, I thought was really big uh, for Patrick Williams. And sometimes you can get fr- – at least for myself, uh, I can get frustrated watching that because I see just how high this man jumps, you know what I'm saying, to get these boys. And I'm like, yeah, this should be every game. Like, like, this should be all the time. He's like one of the few players I've seen – where he like has rebounding highlights right. yeah. where he'll like <laughs> right, just right. fly out of nowhere and grab rebound. And these are the kind of things to Mark's point yeah. where it's like, you shouldn't need to ask him to do this. This right. is like the stuff he does well, like asking somebody to like go out there and have an impact on the game, you know, whatever form it takes, that shouldn't be a question. And I think that's where the frustration comes both from the fan side of things and from Billy. I mean, everything he yeah. said is, you know, there's a very fine line between, gifting somebody minutes Mm -hmm. to try to improve them as a young player and having them earn minutes. And it's a balancing act. You know, you have to, um, you have to play in order to try to prove yourself and get better. Right. But if you're not doing that, it's hard to get. Speaking of which we actually, we pulled that quote. Uh, Let's throw it up on the screen uh, right now if we can, because it's one of a lot of interesting things that Billy had to say about Pat. I do think that uh, with a young player, a very, very fine line between just giving a guy something without them earning it and also not giving them the opportunity to grow and develop uh, either uh, where you just don't play a guy and he doesn't have the opportunity. Um, I'm not one of these guys that thinks uh, you just take a young player and just throw him out there and just keep giving, giving, giving. And then after that, he went on to say that it wasn't necessarily in this string of games that he he was displeased or not impressed with what Patrick was doing. And it was like a punishment that he wasn't giving in those many, that many minutes. Mm-hmm. But he said it was what I saw out there on the floor at the time and what was best for our team and, and you know, maximizing our team's chances to win. So, you know, again, I, th- I think it's something that Billy Donovan does well. Um, you know, w- we can talk about X's nose, Billy, and, and adjustments, Billy, and all that kind of stuff, but he's a respected guy when it comes to his players. He's a player's coach who knows how to walk that fine line between encouraging guys, motivating them, getting more out of them, uh, holding them accountable, mm-hmm. while also propping them up at times and, and encouraging them in ways to say, it's not good enough, but I'm going to keep pushing you and believing in you until it is good enough. I think over the last couple of games, you've kind of seen how hard it is to develop players and win at the same time. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they need every one of these games. They're hanging on to the, you know, to getting out of the play by mm-hmm. a game right a now. Game. Yeah. So it's very difficult to do those things. And, mm-hmm. you know, the minutes, the extra minutes that he got last night were a result of him playing a little bit better and more aggressively, but also the injuries. And I think that is really going to be something that they need to worry about with Caruso's back. Um, Javante obviously has been playing a ton of power forward um, starting and just like that, that's been his role this year. But um, as the roster hopefully gets healthy, hopefully we hear some news from 
uh, Billy and company tomorrow about Lonzo. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious to know like what the rotation is going to be. And if there is any room for him to develop Pat Mm -hmm. while they're trying to win all these games. Mm -hmm. And I think last season was a transitional season, Uh, a new Mm -hmm. front office, a new coach, you know, still figuring out what you had with Zach, Wendell, Lowry, Kobe, and throwing in a 19-year-old Patrick Williams. It's like, yeah, sure. We're just evaluating young talent right now anyway. Throw another piece of young talent in there and make them a part of the evaluation transition season. Mm -hmm. And so now, like you just said, Will, after missing an entire season to injury, P-Dub's coming back into a situation where it's a completely different roster and they're fighting like for their lives in a, in a playoff seating scenario right now. And it's not at all what it was last season. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, you know, P will's life was turned upside down like Bel Air style. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Hold on. No, no, no. We're going to take a break and clap for that one right there. That's what we're going to do. Clap uh, that up guys. Clap that up. There you go. Well done. Uh, well done, sir. Well done. Well uh, done. A, a shout out to Anish, uh, Anish in the comments who said, you guys, Jimmy Butler won his most approved player in his fourth year at age 25. Pat mm-hmm. is 20. Again, and like, I've, I've had some Bulls fans coming at me saying, like, how many times do I have to listen to you say, let's all remember yeah. Pat's only 20, uh, until it sinks in. <laughs> so stop asking. Can we make it a... Can we make it a podcast rule that we're not allowed to mention that ever again, please? <laughs> we, please, at least at least not when I'm on. I don't, I don't get want to hear all about the how prefaces and caveats out of the way first. <laughs> what I, I mean, what do you? I mean, what 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 is so hard to grasp there, Mark? I like what what is the demand and expect? Is it just because, as Big Dave said, he was the fourth overall pick? So because you're the fourth overall pick, we we expect you to be, if if not a star, a solid role playing starter caliber player. Well, look, that, that to me, age, where you were drafted, none of that almost matters to me after you step foot in the NBA. And like, I just mm-hmm. hate that as an excuse, I suppose, because like we've got eye on the team. This dude, how many, how many years did he play in college? Three years, whatever it was. He's 22. Mm-hmm. He's shown more than what Patrick has already. And maybe he was more ready to do so. I just hate the excuses of, we only talk about guys' age or their draft pick where they were drafted if things are not necessarily going well, let's say. That's the only time we lean back on it. But, like, do we talk about Anthony Edwards being only 20 or anything like that? Or LaMelo Ball only being 20? The fact that he's a, an all-star in his second season? Like, we don't really talk about that stuff. So, I, I just hate that as a, an excuse. But I'll get off that soapbox and get on another one. I'll tell you what's really annoying me at the moment is people going after Billy Donovan for whatever reason. Like, they've, they've, they've had enough fun with Vooch. He's no longer the scapegoat. I mean, they'll always come back to that. But for whatever reason... Billy Donovan is now the scapegoat because it relates to this topic that we're discussing here, which is Patrick Williams and his minutes and, and the way he's sort of applying his minutes within the games. But I hope the Billy Donovan detractors who have been blaming Billy about his lack of adjustments noticed yesterday against the Wizards that uh, Billy changed up his rotation and, and Pat got in the game earlier than Javonte Green. And that enabled Pat to get, you know, the 20, 25 minutes that he did, uh, did receive. And clearly Billy saw Pat playing the game with some level of force that in his first stint that earned him more minutes going, going on. So I hope the, uh, the Billy, uh, Billy Donovan detractors, detractors are listening and they've probably tuned off at this point with me going on this rant, but hopefully they are listening and hopefully they are appreciating the fact that Billy is making changes, even if sometimes they don't feel like that is actually occurring. Clearly it's happening. And we saw that with Patrick Williams yesterday. Yeah. As somebody who definitely says something about uh, Billy Donovan and his, uh, adjustments. Uh, it's something I ha- I haven't harped on all season. I've actually been for him and 
Everybody knows what I keep saying. He hasn't been beholden to any lineup. And I love him for it. And I thought it was awesome. But it was something about that game that it, he just would not change and he would not flip anything. And nothing was working against those Knicks. And he stayed with that small ball lineup, and he wouldn't go with any kind of change. And that really, truly bothered me. But what I loved was he came back that next game, like Mark said, and flipped everything. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to make this adjustment here. Even an adjustment in the fourth quarter with how they started breaking the trap and all those kind of things. So that's what I like. But when I see it and I don't like it, I'm going to say it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how that goes. It's the same thing with Pat. Like, he's throwing Pat out there to see if he can make an impact. Yeah, and when right. if he doesn't, then you got to pull him back out. That's an adjustment yeah. on from Billy. So yeah, and I appreciate I, I, that. I think, like, a lot of this to me is, like, I've said this before. It's like you just you can't have it both ways. You can't expect a 20-year-old who isn't contributing at a super high level mm. to contribute at a super high level just because he's young or because he was a high pick. Right. Like, those two things just don't matter at this point. Um, so I agree with Mark's point there. And, uh, yeah, to me it just comes down to, like, who's playing well at any given time. And right now, you know, he's not at that point. And that's okay, but also you can't be frustrated for him. Right. <laughs> so, Jason, I see you in the comments. You're the millionth person to say, hey, Scotty Barnes is also 20. I understand this. Mm -hmm. Context matters. You can't ignore context. Um, Anish saying the Raptors also don't have three other guys who, would, who have been first options their whole career. Uh, look, if, if P-Dub earned the starting spot this season and was the Bulls' starting power forward all season long mm -hmm. and he were playing like this in game 75 or whatever, oh, then yes, flaming. throw me on the bandwagon <laughs> a Bulls fan saying, P-Dub, you aren't good enough. Yeah. But I'm, like, I'm looking at it as basically this season is a wash for mm -hmm. Patrick Williams. Doesn't count. Mm -hmm. He played five games. Billy, in his other comments about P-Dub, recently even said he wasn't even playing at 100% mm -hmm. before he broke his wrist. Yeah. He still wasn't 100% all the way back from the ankle, from the ankle that he right, hurt right. in offseason. And so that was five games. Five games and then missed 65. And now we've seen him in a small sample, as Will said, while the Bulls are you know feverishly trying to hold on to a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And Billy's tr trying to do what he can with his rotation. To me, this season does not count. When you're talking about is PETA meeting our expectations or is can you already label him a bust? I don't care about what Scotty Barnes is doing in Toronto. It has nothing the frick to do with Patrick Williams. All right? What did, what did you say about not needing the anger meter today? Yeah, right, right. I thought the meter wasn't needed. Also, huh. like, it's so obvious and it needs to be said that, like, everybody's different. Not everybody, sure. like, gets to whatever level they get to uh, overnight. Like you have rookies that come in like Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes who just like make an immediate impact. And so everybody mm -hmm. thinks, oh, he's a, he's a high draft pick. He also should be making an immediate impact. But that's only half of the battle. Like Jalen Green was terrible for his first 55 games. Mm. Now he's starting to turn it up. Um, for every like hit, like immediate hit mm -hmm. in the draft, there's 10 more that just don't start that way. Correct. And it's True. the same thing with Io. Everybody's... I'm like so amazed by the way he played. Great. That's exciting. And then when he starts to taper down, it's like, where's Io? Why right. he, we know he can play better. It's just not progress is not linear. It doesn't work that way. So you say fans aren't, you know, a little irrational. Is that what you're saying? No, I would never say that. Let's take a break before we move on to our, our next conversation, which I'm sure won't get anybody triggered. Uh, <laughs> Big Dave, tell the people about points bet, would you? Oh, do I love to. How did you know I wanted to talk about this, Matt? You're amazing. 
The best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two, count them, one, two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make $50 or more on your first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership that gets you all that web content from my man Will Gottlieb, from my man Mark K, from the pecking order, trademark, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. That's 2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt, and all for making a $50 first-time deposit from PointsBet. And introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college basketball, same game parlay. For that first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with PointsBet. You combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, because I know you do, you can also boost your live same game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, boost live, all with PointsBet. And now in Illinois, you can download that PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. Don't register just from start and mm. then stop in the middle no, you gotta like finish. some people do. No, you got to finish. You got to go all the way. Go all the way to the end. You can do that from your phone and you get that PointsBet app if you're in Illinois and you don't want to be outside in this rain. Plus, during the PointsBet match madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets during each round. Just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free 5 10 15 $20 live bet all to be used for that round so what are you waiting for huh i don't know because once the game starts you don't just bet one more time will this is emotional for me your bet life oh with points bet hit me one time oh Oh, i love timing (laughs) it's the best today's episode also brought to y'all by strava craft coffee you want to start your day with a competitive edge i know you do strava craft coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't get you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you feel alert and focused without the coffee jitters. Live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. You know I need that day. Yes, you do. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. And the best part is Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire order when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Using promo code CHGO25 at checkout. Also, if you really love Strava after you try it, and I know you will, Mm. you can subscribe and save (gasps) with the Strava Strava Coffee Club membership. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffee and have it automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. That's StravaCraftCoffee.com, promo code CHGO25. Mmm, crispy! I like that one. Mm. Congratulations. Okay. Uh, the other thing that Mark K said he wanted to talk about with us today, y'all. Okay. Roster construction, <laughs> AK, and Eversley. Now, so he all already was on his soapbox a little bit saying, mm-hmm. hey, all of you people calling for Billy's head right. need to chill out. And he is correct. And we all are on that 
same page. Mm-hmm. We have people in our comments after some of these losses recently being yeah. like, fire Billy fire Donovan. Billy. Is he on the hot seat? <laughs> Mark <laughs> wants to direct the heat somewhere else, though. Ooh. Mark, the floor is yours, our friend. Well, yeah, look, maybe I'm just an angry person at the moment. And maybe that's directly <laughs> with the, with the uh, Bulls win-loss record. I think they're bottom three at the moment in uh, net rating, something like that, over the last 15 games. So things aren't ideal from that perspective. And that ultimately triggers me more generally and more, I guess, triggers a lot of people, I suppose. But I, I guess what always annoys me is the mental gymnastics that we as a fan base do. And, and what I'm referring to here is, you know, you'll hear a lot of comments from fans, particularly in lo- these losing streaks, about the roster. You know, we need this. We need this. Why is Billy doing this? Billy sucks. Why Why did we trade for Vooch? All these sorts of stupid takeaways. But what annoys me is there's never any blame put on the people executing those decisions, which isn't necessarily just Billy or the players. It comes down to, you know, you know, Mark Eversley and a tourist kind of show. So I'm like, at some point, like if you feel the roster is flawed, if you feel the balls aren't, you know, shouldn't be playing small ball, if you think Billy Donovan sucks, if you think the Vooch trade sucks, when is AK and Mark Eversley going to catch some heat? I'm not suggesting they deserve that. I just want some accountability from the, those fans that are sort of blaming it on the individual, individuals, whether it's Patrick Williams not being good enough as a number four pick, then like, all right, fine, say that if you want. But why aren't you blaming AK for drafting him? Why aren't you blaming AK for trading for Vucevic? Those sorts of things. So again, just a topic I wanted to raise because I don't necessarily see that as part of the discussion that's happening or part of the narrative. And maybe that's because these dudes have sort of formed a a lot of goodwill. But uh, I just think it's um, a little bit intellectually inconsistent, let me say. Mm. I love the way you framed that. Honestly, I really do. If you're going to be blaming these guys for all these things that you hate, then why not blame the people that actually put them in those positions of power that to make you say, I don't like this. I love the way you absolutely frame that. Uh, I think one of the also is the reasons you mentioned is that goodwill. I think a lot of fans still have leftovers, you know, feelings from the old regime. So anybody yeah. brand new, this man here, anybody brand new coming in um, that just immediately says, hey, you're nice. <laughs> I love you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be an issue or a problem to attack them. Personally, I, I, I never go after a front office this early. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's super early for me to uh, question what they're doing, what, what they're doing, because they haven't done anything, again, for me to be like, you don't know what you're doing up here. You know? So I always give people a few years before I say, okay, let me see some returns on what you're doing. You know what I mean? But I love, I just really like the way he framed that. If you're going to go after those players, if you're going to go after the coaches and the schemes and all these things, then you should also be directing some of your heat towards the people at the top. But I think that's the reason they're not coming at them is because they're not the old regime and they're really happy that they have somebody new right there. Yeah, I think um, after the turn of the front office, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of blind faith thrown at uh, AK and mm-hmm. Eversley. Um, and we're, we've moved on from the honeymoon phase. I think mm-hmm. we're past that. And that's not to say that people are super angry with them or they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so. I don't think they've really they should not, done anything no. <laughs> wrong, but I do think it's time to maybe start evaluating mm-hmm. the moves that they made, um, since they got here. Mm-hmm. And that, that starts with Vooch and it starts with Pat Will. And so I, I get the frustration with both of those guys cause it hasn't been perfect, but, um, Nothing is in the NBA. I mean, that's that's the other thing is like crazy, right? Like this isn't we aren't all the Warriors of 2016 to 2019. We're not all 
LeBron Cavaliers. <laughs> like it just doesn't work that way. And right. and for for me, what I really appreciate uh, appreciate about those guys is that they were willing to take big swings. Yes, because we haven't seen that in our lifetimes. No. Um, and even if it costs them a little bit more than you would like, mm-hmm. they were willing to do it. Now I think the the place where you can start to uh, maybe not criticize, but ask some questions is the moves around the fringes. Okay. And that's like some of these minimum signings or acquisitions. Like mm-hmm. they did a great job with IO. Obviously he's mm-hmm. been a huge hit. Simonovich, not so much mm-hmm. one for one in the second round. Like I would say that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You bring in Javante green in a trade. You also bring in Troy Brown. Like you don't hit on all of these, but right. I think they have done a pretty good job rounding out the roster with some of these fringe rotation guys mm-hmm. and, but they haven't hit on all of them. No. And I think you're seeing a little bit of like shallow sort of depth right now because mm-hmm. of all these injuries. True. But um, yeah, I think over the next year, year and a half, two years is really when we're going to start to see the result of a lot of these moves. And right now it's a little soon for me to go crazy with the criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Dave, our guy Jamal, one of our regular callers hey, from back in the days in the comments, uh, referring to Mark K's comment about AK and Eversley not catching any blame yet. Jamal said, oh, they do. They blame Acme for drafting P-Will, for trading Vooch, <laughs> for not trading Vooch or Kobe at the deadline, not going to get Grant from Detroit, not getting Kevin Durant, not getting Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Look, Wait, go ahead. I think he's right, though. Like, even though people wanted that, I, I agree with Mark K. Like, I haven't heard their names mentioned with that they haven't said well hey care obviously the reason why this didn't work and why didn't they do that it's been more i have leaving them out i I think for the most part i agree with you but i have heard their names tossed out there of from bulls fans who are not happy and Mm -hmm. will your thing about honeymoon phase being over some bulls fans the honeymoon phase was over two weeks after ak was hired and you you know (laughs) who was not fired yet like it was they hired ak three weeks into the onset of a global pandemic that mm. shut down not only NBA, but the world. And and Bulls fans were like, well, why do they switch over the front office if they're not going to do anything? Seriously, two weeks after he was hired. I, I was like, y'all need to chill. And so uh, let's take a look. Just a quick rundown of the timeline. We got to grab it for y'all. What exactly has happened since that happened? AK hired by the Bulls in April of 2020, right after the league went on long hiatus. Then he hires Eversley a month after that. Then you've got – so I, I, forget, I left out them drafting P-Dub in, in this timeline. So mm-hmm. that, that happens too. Mm-hmm. Uh, August, they fire that guy. September 20, they hire you, Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. March 21, trade for Vooch, Wendell – uh, shout out Al Farouk Aminu. Remember when he was a bull for a oh hot second? Uh, and, and two fir- future firsts. Wow. August 2021, the big summer. They get sign-in trades for Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. They sign uh, Alex Caruso outright in free agency. Right. And another sign-in trade, sending Lowry Marketing to Cleveland, netting Derek Jones Jr. and Portland's protected first. Right. So... I was going to say, if you want to quibble about stuff on the fringes, which is what I was just talking about, mm. the Al Farouk Aminu thing turned out to be a really big deal because they took on money for the following year. Mm-hmm. And in order to offload it, they needed to give the Spurs a 2025 first-round pick uh, to get DeMar DeRozan. Mm. Um, and then the Markkinen trade. I mean, Derek Jones is out of the rotation right now. Mm-hmm. They got that pick, but would it have been better to just keep Larry Nance, which sounds like they could have done, mm-hmm. Um He's, he'd be kind of perfect for what but, they need. But right Nance now. is under contract further, correct? Yeah. At, whereas Derek Jones Jr. is expiring. Term, yeah. 
but exactly. they're going to lose that money for nothing now, whereas they could have yeah. flipped Nance again or kept him. I mean, mm-hmm. the the options there are, you know, it, it who knows what would have happened, but... Right. So I like that. Though. I mean, like fringe stuff. And, and look, I, uh, your boy, Daniel Gafford, some people questioning that trade with the Wizards uh, when really, you know, speaking of out of the rotation, Troy Brown Jr. Um, you know, like, I, but I think Loki stealing Javante from the Celtics was Huge. an amazing move because look how yeah. much he has met to the team this season. Yeah. So we could talk about fringe things and, and some people even, it, it's not a fringe thing, it's one of the biggest things they've done in the Vooch trade if you have issues with it. I'm just talking, look at that you know simplified timeline from when AK took the job mm-hmm. to now. It is March of 2022. For another week, it will still have been fewer than two years since they flipped over this front office and started this all by hiring AK. And a year of that, a year and a half of that, they've been dealing with a global pandemic while trying to fix an organization. Again, not necessarily an excuse, but do we remember what this team and what this organization looked like two years ago? Because I remember. I do. I am going to remember for the rest of my freaking life because <laughs> oh, it scarred me. And yeah, I know we're all panicking about falling into the play-in tournament right now. But come on, what about Bob? It's baby steps, y'all. Mm. Did you expect them to go to winning a title now? Have a little bit of patience when you're talking about this front office. Like my man Dave here said, like, it's not time yet. Give them time. We were fed up with the previous regime who had 20 years. Mm. 20 years. We're not even on year three yet. <laughs> Chill. And to be clear, like, nobody bats a 1,000. And I think there's been so much more good than even – Oh, bad or yes. mediocre. Yeah. So I'm not like... They executed three sign-in trades I, in one offseason. I love you can talk done. about whether or not they could have gotten Nance instead of Derek Jones. The previous regime didn't know what a sign-in trade was. This one did three in the span of like a week. Yeah. Two of those three in the span <laughs> of an hour. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, look at you. I'm not, look, just to be clear, I'm not an Acme hater. I, I'm, I'm, I am a Garpax hater. So that is very clear. You don't have to make that uh, those points to me, let's say. But I'm, I guess what I'm just saying is I hear so much noise about all these moves that have happened that maybe people disapprove of. Matt, you sort of said that people are throwing around the Acme or Mark Eversley name or, you know, Karn Shervis name as, you know, not being good enough. But I, I personally don't hear it that much. I, I, would, I would hazard a guess that their approval rating is, you know, greater than 80% at this point, which maybe it should be. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve to be. But what, I'm, what I am saying is, I'm just annoyed at the moment when I hear, similar to like the Billy Donovan detractors, um, it annoys me when people blame Vooch or the acquisition of Vooch or, you know, people go after Matt Thomas for getting minutes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> why, why, why are we going after Matt Thomas? Like he, he's just trying to play an NBA career. He didn't sign himself to this roster sort of thing. Like if you have a fundamental problem with Matt Thomas being on your roster, why are you going after Matt Thomas? So that's just that stuff that really shits me, I suppose. So I just wanted to, to put it on the table today because I would hope at some point we as a collective fan base could be smart enough to have this as a, a decent conversation where we're not just blaming the player or blaming the coach and we're thinking a little bit more broadly. But I don't know. It's just something that annoys me. And, and, and again, we, we talk about small ball, a small ball versus playing bigger. If, you, if you're annoyed that Billy Donovan is playing small ball, then... Why, why is that? Because the, the roster is designed to play that way. Who designed the roster? If you have a fundamental uh, a fundamental problem with how this roster is constructed, and that ain't Billy Donovan's problem. That ain't J- uh, Javante Green's problem that he's playing power forward. 
take aim at the people that made the roster. And again, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm, I'm speaking to those that do, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And for the record, I'm a big small ball guy, so I'm into it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Kyle Corver playing center. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we need to do to get some spacing. Whatever <laughs> needs to happen. Yes. Uh, any further thoughts on this, uh, this whole, t- you know, Acme start from you, Dave? No, no, that's, that's, I think Marquet honestly hit everything I was thinking right there. Yeah, including some Matt Thomas talk. And you know I'm always down for some Matt Thomas talk, baby. Matty well, Legend. Him, oh, that used to drive me crazy. Him. But, Mark, it drove me crazy. Like, I'm I'm sitting there hearing people complain, and I'm like, guys, he's like the 80th person on the roster. He'll never play again when guys get back healthy. Why are y'all mad about Matt Thomas? Like, oh, he's the worst. He's well, Yeah, it's, it's Matt Thomas. Like, yeah. what are we arguing about here? I could never understand it, but – yeah, man, but I, I, I completely agree with that, man. Uh, if you're going to throw that blame here, make sure you throw that blame to everybody like that. In yeah. other words, what he's saying is, what you're saying is silly. <laughs> That's bottom line what it is, what he's saying. Also, I want to say one last thing, which is sure. that, like, there was no criticism of anybody in the first 60 games when things were going really well. Mm, now they've played yeah. 15, right. 20 mm. bad games. Like It's the worst season ever, I get right? it. It comes out. But, like, the bigger picture, let's always just remember the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. We and thought... Four, five seed with 45 to 50 wins would have been a huge success. I would have been and that's exactly the pace we're on. Mm, right. It didn't look the way that we maybe expected where they were super hot for the majority of the year and then really cooled off. But right. big picture still looks the same. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I'm, I'm not absolving them of any mistakes or partial guilt, they being the front office. Uh, but again, it's more good than bad by a lot, in my opinion, since they came in and started – so much has changed. Yeah, it, it, there was a lot of work to do from Tons. what they inherited. Bro, they had to take down a, a punch clock. Right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> they did. Like, bro? It was, it was a lot of work to do. And uh, I, I think maybe the biggest grievance from the fan base that I've heard this season was nothing at the deadline. Right, you couldn't make a move mm-hmm. at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and their their reasoning at the time was, and I was absolutely fine when I heard them say it Me too we have not seen our group healthy yet this season right. and we want to see it because in the smallest glimpses of it earlier this season mm. you look at the numbers what they constructed was great yeah. you know like the, their their key five mm-hmm. with Caruso in in with the other four starters yes. had that net rating of like plus 12.5 or whatever right. and it was a small sample size but they liked it right well as pieces started to come back after the All-Star break at, and the schedule simultaneously got harder and harder, this is what we've seen. Yeah. And so people might be looking back on that trade line and saying, you should have done something. Yeah, but not only that, they also saw that all season long, we were pretty much a top three team in the conference. So they're looking at that as well. Like, we're winning, even while we're struggling with this thing. We're winning, so maybe we'll look better when we get everybody back on the team. So let's wait to see that and then evaluate it going forward, which made logical sense to me when, when you're thinking like that, right? I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, Big Dave, hit, hit the people one more time with points bet before they we move more? on to our, our power rankings they conversation. They want more? I more. think they want more. More. Right, give it to them, Adam baby. Driver. More. Oh, oh, snap. That's my man. Looks like, you look like Adam Driver. Yes. That's what I've been sitting here thinking. Who do you look like? You look like Adam Driver. A more cooler, smarter Adam Driver. 
I'm, I'm going to look this up while you're uh, going to <laughs> I'm going to see how I feel about that. No, it's a cooler, smarter Adam Driver. I promise you. But in the meantime, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download that PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Because not only are you getting those two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make $50 or more, first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of the web content, and you'll get that free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO. H-G-O Locker. You can actually sign up and download that PointsBet app right now. Register your that account from your phone from start to finish. If you're here in Illinois, you can do that at home. You don't have to go inside anywhere else, y'all. You can do it at home. Oh, you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book. Easier than ever. So you can start living your bet life. Oh, I ain't hit that right. In seconds. So what are you waiting for? Because once the game starts, you don't just bet. Live your bet life. Oh, with points bet. Gonna hit me? I was busy looking up that. I know. Yeah, I caught him. I caught him. I saw the monitor. No, he's too busy Googling Adam Driver pictures. <laughs> it's, it's delayed. You'll get it now. I, I, okay. I can't. Agree you look with offended. You, you look. You look very offended by I'm, this. I have short hair for starters. Let's <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, you're much more handsome. I'll say that you're much more handsome than Adam Driver. I feel but like it was features, a backhanded compliment. No, it's it's not. I don't do backhanded compliments. Okay. I do full on compliments, man. Full on. But I think you're a better looking Adam Driver. It's a better looking Adam Driver to me. What do you think, Cody? Is it better looking Adam Driver, or am I just off of you? I got myself in a little bubble here a little bit. Chat, what Man, do you think? nothing like Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. Mm. <laughs> nah, I, I didn't see it. You don't see it, Mark? Sorry, I have to bump no you outside there, Mark. Oh, man. All right, <laughs> Cody. Okay. Cody's with me. Mark don't see it. All right. We'll figure it out then. I'm gonna get you a better one. I see the facial get you structure, but you know the the hair just totally. The hair me is off. The, yeah, yeah, because yeah. his hair is amazing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And you know I'm all about that hair. That's why I like wheels. Talking about wheels all day long. Yes. Uh, all right, y'all. <laughs> uh, last topic of the day. ESPN released their future power rankings for okay. the NBA. I think they do this twice, maybe three times a year, as opposed to their weekly power rankings during the season. Mm. Um, and this is about projecting teams strength uh, and and likelihood of success at the current point in this season and three seasons out. So these rankings are for this season through the 23-24 NBA season. And of those 30 NBA teams, which have the highest like likelihood of success mm-hmm. now and in the immediate future. So I'm going to, I don't know if, have you guys looked at these rankings yet? Yeah. So they're, they're kind of broken down by, a couple of different categories, and they're ranked one through 30 in each category. Right. So the five categories are players, management, money, market size, and draft. Mm. And in each of those five categories, the teams are scored on a scale of 0 to 100, and then those scores are averaged out for an overall score for each team Mm -hmm. from 0 to 100. Number one team, the Memphis Grizzlies, and your boy John Moran. Yes, I like it. The highest score of any team at 71.1. That makes sense. They have tied for third with players, fifth for management, eighth for money, 25th in market, Mm. 10th in draft. 25th. With the season we've seen from John Morant and some of those other young pieces that Memphis has. I don't know how they're not number one in draft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have no issues with yeah. the Grizzlies being at the top of this list. Zero issues. Anybody else? <laughs> no, zero issues with that. I think that market is also going to go up, too, over these next couple of years, man. But, no, zero issues with that, man. What they've done with Ja and what, even what they've done without Ja has been just great to watch, man. So, yeah, I have no issue. Up from 16th, yeah. And, I mean, if you're looking at the ability to put together and develop 
young players through the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, off the top, I'm not sure I can think of a better organization. Mm. Uh, I mean, Desmond Bain, 30th overall. Brandon Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be able to just rattle off the entire roster. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson. I don't know if you know this, but he's better than Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> That's another reason why where you were drafted does Stop not Brett. matter. Um, yeah, I mean, they just they are built to win today, and they're built to win for the next 10 years. Yeah. They're going to be an awesome team to watch. What do you true. think, Mark? Any issues with the Grizzlies being atop this list of present and future power rankings in the NBA? No, it makes complete sense. Taylor Jenkins is an, you know, an awesome coach as well. I think you have to throw his name in. That management team consistently hits it out of the park with their, uh, their draft picks. They've got too many good players at this point. I mean, um, Desmond Bain, how old is he? He's only 22, only 22 or 23. How old's Jar? Only 20. That's ancient. 21. That's ancient, Mark. I Darren know a guy Jackson, who's still only 20. Only 22. So they're pretty young. So, I mean, yeah, we, we have to reference that as well if we're being consistent, I guess. Consistent, baby. I hear. All right, so anytime I'm opening up one of these power rankings columns, it's always in my mind, scroll, scroll, where are the bulls, where are the bulls, where are the bulls, right? Yeah. I, I scrolled... Halfway down, and there are the Bulls at 14th mm. on this list. Anybody have any issues with where they are? And I'll just rattle off quickly Please. the teams behind Memphis, between Memphis and the Bulls. Okay. The Heat at two, hate that, hate that. Suns three, Bucks four, Celtics five, Clips six. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Nuggets, seven. Mm -hmm. We're stealing Joker, so it's fine. Uh, Eight, Brooklyn. Nine, Golden State. Ten, Philly. Eleven, Toronto. Twelve, Dallas. Mm -hmm. Thirteen, Utah. And our Bulls at 14. Mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with that, honestly. That's kind of middle of the pack for me. I'm okay with that. If that's how you're looking at the Bulls going forward for the next couple years. If you had said 20 or something like that, then I'd be concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be a little worried because I'd be like, oh, my God, that's not really a move. That's not really a step forward, you know, for for this team and this organization. Right. Yeah, around 14, knowing from where they were to, yeah, that being that kind of future projection, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm very comfortable with 14. I think they're in just looking at the the sort of ratings that they have here, I think they're buoyed a little bit by the market, which is great. And I think – you bring in DeRozan, that is like the first time that they've really yeah. made use of their market size. True. But um, I'm surprised they're not lower. Mm. You're out two more future draft picks. You're dependent on a 32-year-old star who's obviously having his career best season, but who knows if that's going to continue. Vucevic is, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's pretty obvious at this point, on the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two or three like solid young players, one of which Kobe White may not be around for very much longer. So you're right. looking at Io and Pat. And then you look at some of the teams behind them, the Timberwolves, uh, Anthony Edwards, Carl Towns, the Hawks have Trey Young, John Collins, um, DeAndre Hunter, uh, the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs should be way higher to me. Garland and Mobley and, and Jared the Allen. They are um, at 17. 17. They're at 17. And even like some of these teams way down at the bottom, you know, the Thunder, I think their draft capital alone should make you pretty excited. And then you, if maybe if we knew what more of that draft capital was, yeah. they would be higher. Yeah. And but again, it's just all to, to specify, this is like tw- yeah. the next, the, mm-hmm. the three next season. So I think that, p- that plays into it. But mm-hmm. the Pacers have Halliburton and Miles Turner, and they've still got Buddy Heald and Brogdon and all these guys. So uh, there are some teams with like, high upside and I think just the uncertainty there pushes them down and that's probably where the Bulls get uh, bumped up a little bit as you know what you're getting from 
Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, when I saw this, I was a little surprised they're not a bit lower just because they're out picks and they're a little bit older. Mm. What about you, Mark? Anything jump out to you on these rankings? I mean, th- these things are always so subjective. And, and like, how much weight are we putting on certain things like players versus money versus market versus draft and all those sorts of things? But if we're coming back to the the baseline point here that they're trying to make is over the next three years, where does this team potentially fall in the rankings? Like, I feel like 14 kind of feels about right. Like if we just split that in half, that's just to say that's seventh or eighth in the conference. That kind of makes sense to me because like Will said, you know, DeMar's 32 going on 33, I think in August. I don't foresee a way that he plays as good next season as he has this season. Like that just, I know this season was so much of an outlier that I can't expect him to maintain or even improve on that next season. I would would assume that would diminish even by, you know, 5% Vooch. Are we even sure Vooch is here next season? Like, he's declining, but he's an expiring deal. Like, you have to make a decision on Vooch at some point, and I would imagine that decision is coming, you know, at minimum in the in the offseason, potentially that the next trade deadline. So you can't say for sure he's here beyond that. And if he's not here, then who's your long-term center? He doesn't exist on the on the roster. And, like, they're just the, the younger guys that they do have. I mean, we, we've talked about Patrick Williams a lot on this podcast, but... He's not a, at least in my eyes, he's not like a premium young player in this league. So I don't, I don't have an issue with that as well. So if anything, I would actually have them lower because they've got the Cavs rated at number 17, which to me is kind of insane given how good their young pieces are and where I would imagine that team could potentially go. And maybe like Will said, like the Bulls are being bullied a little bit because of that market piece and that's boosting them a little bit higher. But I don't know. I think the Cavs are have a you know, over the next three years, a greater chance of being a better team than the Bulls. So I don't want to sound like too much of a hater here, but um, I think they've actually come off somewhat fortunate in these rankings. But I'm expecting the Bulls to be maybe a step back next season. So, yeah, I'll take this because to me that's, you know, being 14th in the league, that that would be um, a surprise to me for next season and the years Mm -hmm. to come. Uh, so for anybody listening or watching us who uh, did not access this, because this is behind ESPN Plus paywall, right. um, those five categories, the Bulls are middle of the pack in a lot of them, which is probably how they ended up at 14. They're 15th in ranking uh, their players, 14th in management, 17th in money, so middle of the pack in all three of those categories. Speaking of buoyed by the market, they're 7th ranked in market, and then draft, they are near the bottom, tied for 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so market being seven, that was something I thought was curious. So both L, uh, both LA teams, uh, yeah. So the Lakers, Clippers, um, Warriors, and then both New York teams are marked above them. And I'm like, okay, two LA teams, two New York teams, and the Warriors being the Warriors, that all makes sense. And then I was like, who, who else? Like, why are the Bulls seventh, not six? What's going on here? And then I scrolled up and saw Miami at two. Mm. Or I'm sorry, no, at five in the market. I'm sorry. Since when is Miami a bigger market than Chicago? What, like, how did they judge that? Is it just the everybody wants to go play for the Heat and live on Miami Beach? Exactly. Is is that what it is? Tax free, sir. Tax free. There it is. Say that part. I hate that. Triangle for that. I hate that. That part. (laughs) Miami is trash. That bothers me. I think the other way to look at this for me is what percent chance would you give the Bulls to win a championship? and or get an impact player through trade, mm-hmm. agency, or the draft in the next three years. And I wouldn't say that they're top 10 in any of those. Mm. Top 10? Not even top 10? And even getting an impact player? like I mean, agent? maybe getting an impact player, but um, that, that 
the championship, I feel you. It goes to the market. Yeah, getting the player, I think that they have shown that getting a guy like DeMar, you know what I'm saying? But Which then you have to shot. consider where their salary cap is yeah. and, and how difficult that will be. Um, you know, it's probably going to have to come via trade. Yes. After they pay Zach, they'll be like very far over the cap. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's not going to be <laughs> easy to, to manipulate the roster very much more. No, it won't be. Well, so like the LA teams and Miami obviously are big destinations for NBA players for those reasons. And then even New York, because New York is New York. But right now, all of those markets and the teams in those markets are full. Mm. The stars are there. Mm. Kawhi and Paul are in L.A. LeBron and A.D. are in L.A. Jimmy has, you know, claimed C's over Miami. Mm-hmm. And KD and Kyrie are in Brooklyn. New York is the one team that doesn't really have a big NBA superstar in it right now. But who wants to go play for James Dolan? Because I think the answer is nobody. Zion Williamson. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, what like how is that weighed in mm. here? Because for a while I was like Chicago. Oh, the winters are long and cold. But I also think that the Bulls fixed a bigger part of the problem, not just oh Chicago's cold and winter and state taxes. There, there was a certain stink around this organization, and that stink was passed by mouth, or or the existence of that stink was passed by mouth uh, among NBA players. <laughs> who respected each other's opinions and, mm-hmm. and from one circle to another, we, we're fixing that. We're slowly airing out that stink with Agreed. this new organization. Yeah. And Chicago is a big market, and it's the most prominent global NBA franchise, mm-hmm. storied city, storied franchise. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I can't believe that the Bulls aren't a top 10 destination now because plenty of those other big destination places mm-hmm. – have been claimed. Yeah. And Chicago has not. Yeah. You're right. Go ahead, Mark. I mean, just because they've been claimed now doesn't mean that's going to stay the way this the that's same true. way in the future. Are we, like, are we expecting LeBron to be a Laker next season? Like, is that foregone conclusion stuff? Like, he, he's making it known that he's potentially on the move. Look at the guys that are on those current teams. Like, Jimmy wasn't on the Heat two years ago. Uh, you know, KD and Kyrie. We just saw James Harden leave the Nets, like a, a, K, a KD and Kyrie would it to the Nets long-term. They have contracts, but that doesn't mean they're going to stay there necessarily. Like you force us on and trade or whatever it may be, or just, just a flat-out trade. So I, I, to me, I have no problem with it at all. Like the Bulls, you know, they're they're not a top-tier market, um, but, you know, they're, they're next, that next level down, I suppose. So to me, I have no issues with it. It makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I just don't... I, it's not something to, um, to raise my blood pressure over, Matthew. So maybe don't waste your cholesterol levels or your blood pressure levels <laughs> Have on some this. Strava. I'm sure tomorrow, yeah. uh, yet, you know, when we're playing the Clippers with Paul George back, there's potential for you to be, you know, pretty shitty tomorrow. So maybe just, you know, save it for tomorrow. That just, is literally uh, what I was going to ask you next, Mark. It was about tomorrow's game. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> but, and no, like, I completely agree with your counterpoint about any NBA star can be in a market and in a different one the very next day. That's how the NBA works now. Yes, These players, yeah. they want to be somewhere else, they end up somewhere else. Yeah. So it's not like there is a a long permanence of these stars being in these top-tier markets where they are right now, and that can change. Uh, you know, bigger picture, I think that one of the big reasons why stars were not being attracted to Chicago has been fixed or is in the process of being fixed. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I hate that it's just like, oh, Chicago's cold and you got to pay state taxes. Mm. Like, the city is 
in my opinion, the best city in the country. Yeah. And it's an amazing sports city, and NBA players who are stars should want to come here and want to win here. Yeah, having DeMar here, how he came here, and having him, That's as, huge. The, having him as the mouthpiece that he's been for the Bulls so far, going on all the podcasts he's been on, all the things like that, and continuing to talk about how much he loves it here and how much he loves Chicago, plus the winning yeah. <laughs> also helps too. And the, and the coach, that's a player's coach. And the front office, that has been awesome. All of that plays into it. So, yeah. You, you I, tell I, me I, NBA players don't enjoy running suicides at practice? I'm shocked, man. I thought they like punching punch clocks. clocks? I, I really <laughs> thought they like punch clocks, man. You know what I mean? Like, I really thought that. That's Should we me. put a punch clock here, Will? What do you think? No. <laughs> Have you ever seen a punch clock? <laughs> I don't need that. One of those old-timey ones that can, you know, one wrong move and it'll chop a finger off you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Where are you working? <laughs> oh, I've, I've worked in some He's places, some man. Jobs, man. I've worked in some places. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's it. We are out of time. Um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Mark K, Mark thank K. you for being here. Our, our dear friend Mark. Follow him on Twitter at MKHoops if you aren't already. Uh, and subscribe to CHGO. Become a member so you can get his exclusive written content. We've got one of the back-and-forth uh, columns between him and Will here. Drop in uh, to Tomorrow, gentlemen, is that correct? So there you go. Thursday, baby. <laughs> like that right there. Was Boom. Yeah. Sign up for a points yeah. bet account, promo code CHGO, <laughs> put 50 bucks into that account, and you'll get a CHGO membership. Yes, you so will. there you go. Um, follow Will on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. Big Dave's at Bowby AWL Sports on Bulls underscore Peck. We CHGO underscore Bulls. For our production team, everybody else hanging out here with us at our downtown West Loop Studios, Hi. Matt Peck saying thanks for listening and tuning in, Bulls Nation. We love you. Yes, we do. Till tomorrow. See you here for pregame. Bulls Clippers. See Red be good.